Oh, just to go, okay, life is hard. It's hard to save money, but it's hard to be in debt. It's it's hard to, to fight for a marriage. It's hard to lose a marriage. It's hard to be bound to an addiction. It's, it's hard to fight for the freedom of it. It's just, you, you get to choose your heart. Okay, so previously on the Isle of Misfits, we, meaning me, had this great conversation with Stacy Eldridge. It was so great, as a matter of fact, that she is actually back with me right here, right now. Welcome back, Stacy. Thank you, Nancy. I am so happy to be here. And I, again, I love Isle of Misfits. I told my team that that was the name and they said, you'll fit right in. <laughs> well, you just tell them you are, you have an, uh, you have a pass to come and go. It's a Nexus pass. So you can come and go <laughs> as you please. So I feel like, I feel like I need to give a little backstory for those of you out there in Misfitland who may be just tuning in and don't know why you're back today. So, yeah, so what? here's what happened. So we talked, and I was so excited. It was so great. And as soon as we were done, I went to just play a little back. It was gone. <laughs> and my heart sank. And all the things that you say to yourself when something goes wrong, that was happening. Um, and then... Long story short, I felt in the midst of that just self-deprecating rant that I was doing, something from your book actually occurred to me. So see, I paid attention when I read your book. And it was the whole thing about interpretation. How am I interpreting this event? So I ended up vlogging about it. And there was something beautiful in that. And then a Christmas miracle happened. I went back and somehow the file that had disappeared had reappeared. And uh, I just posted that podcast uh, last night as we speak. So, um, but in the meantime, you agreed because you're nice. You're so nice to, to come back again. And here we are. So thank you, first of all. And second of all, I want to, I don't want to waste any more time. I want to talk today about this whole subject of interpretation. Oh, it's so important. And it's, it's like what you said, um, the things that we say to ourselves when something goes wrong. Or I talked with a friend yesterday who had a car accident and oh my. it's 2,500 worth of damage to the cars. Nobody was injured. Nobody was hurt. But to, to allow the grace of like, it's called an accident for a reason. These these things happen that we don't intend in our accidents that don't come out of a heart that meant to wound that didn't come out of some evil intent, but just happen. And, um, and we say things to ourselves that are so mean. We say things to ourselves that we would never say to anyone else, whether it was something that uh, we heard a friend and we didn't mean to, or we, cut somebody off on the road and we did mean to, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And, and, um, or things happen in our lives that why, why did that happen? Why were they so mean? Or why did they get sick? Why did I guess, you know, there's a thousand things. And so interpretation is really, really key to ask Jesus for his interpretation. Um, sometimes we don't know how to pray. So we ask how, how should we pray Jesus? but particularly about our lives and other people's lives before we jump to conclusions and certainly before we continue to allow shame and contempt to have its voice in our head, to ask Jesus for his interpretation is a life-saving tool. 
for sure. And yes, the things that we say to ourselves, oh boy, we have so much to say to ourselves, don't we? And it's true, you know, the things, the accidents that happen sometimes are accidents. Sometimes someone hits us and we're minding our own business and doing everything right. And then, you know, sometimes what seems like an accident is a mistake. And right. then sometimes, yeah, or or even if we keep making that same mistake, it becomes a choice. And yet in all of those things, God is still sovereign. And that's why I want to talk about interpretation because we see things a certain way. We look through certain lenses, but our lenses aren't quite clear enough to see the whole picture. They aren't. And then, I mean, sometimes we never see the whole picture, but sometimes we get to and you go, oh, like how Jesus used this, uh, what was it, an accident, a mistake, an uh, intervention where God like made you not see the tape so that you would do the vlog? You know, I don't know. But but the goodness, he is a God of redemption, a God of the resurrection, a God of restoration. And and the resurrection is, is better. The restoration is better. So to, to let things unfold and ask him to redeem and ask for his interpretation, ask him to to come along and do whatever he wants to do and to see it the way he does. I mean, to see our lives the way he does, to see ourselves the way he does, that'll rock our worlds. Oh, it sure will. Because I'll tell you what, when I look at a situation, so like, all right, what just happened with the whole vlogging thing. I did my best, you know, and then I started breaking into, uh, Al- no, it's not all green. I don't know, but I guess my best wasn't good enough. You know, so it's, it's right. even when we're trying our best, yes. it still isn't good enough or so it seems. And that's where we can start to beat ourselves up. And yet we don't see the big picture. We don't even see the redemption in it because we're, we're too busy with a narrative that sometimes sometimes we get really good at it and we just keep rehearsing it and we're rehearsing it by rote before we even realize what we're saying to ourselves. Right, right. And then and God just has mercy. I, I, there's not a person alive who isn't failing in some area of their life. Mm-hmm. Comparison. But it just, Right? But it doesn't mean we're a failure. We fail. We're living in a broken world. We're not all the way redeemed yet. And we need a Savior. And and that's that's how we are created, to need Him. And, and for it to be able to turn to um, the things that we say to ourselves, oh, please, for those to be able to turn and to receive God's mercy and ask for His eyes and, and, and command the accuser of the brethren to be quiet or shut up or, you know, go back to hell where he belongs um, to allow for the room to Holy Spirit to come. And then sometimes say them out loud. I was with a friend this morning and she said that after she left, we were together the last time um, that evening, she started to think that she was a failure as a friend, that all she did was interrupt me, that she didn't make room for my heart or ask questions. I mean, all kinds of, you know, terrible things that made her feel awful about, the friend that she is to me, none of which were true, none of which were the way that I experienced her. But I was so glad she said them out loud to me rather than just continue to haunt herself or to withdraw because she doesn't think she's a good friend. So sometimes giving voice to them and yes. here is really important. Oh, yes, yes. Because I think that 
that's the first step in, in any kind of change, in any kind of paradigm shift, is to get it out there. Because if you don't get it out there, you're not even acknowledging it. But there's something about, you know, the power of speaking something out loud and, oh, do I really think that? Did I, did I just hear myself say that? And that can be the first step to, um, you know, on the road to healing. Absolutely. It really can. Because these diatribes that we just rehearsed, we're not even paying attention. You're right. We're not even paying attention. And yet our spirits are just going lower and lower and lower. And it's holding us back from being the women that we're meant to be, the people we're meant to be, offering what we have to offer and, and knowing the love of God as we are meant to know it. Amen. Amen. I'm thinking about um, yet another quote of yours that just relates to this because this is we're talking about hard stuff and how, all right, that's nice. It all sounds good. God shows up in the hard stuff. But how, you know, how does he show up? And when we get locked in to that, well, I don't see how he can, then we're not allowing him to show up. But choices, choices are so important. So here's the quote. Every morning when I wake up, I can guess that there are going to be hard things in the day. But the hard I choose is to follow Christ wherever he leads. And that hard leads to life and joy always. And dot, 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 even in the midst of hard things, even in the midst yeah. of suffering or sorrow. Yes, yes, yes. So that's a, that's a it, Selah right there. Right, right. Um, and that's true because I, I think that I got misled in my own thinking or in false teaching that life was meant to be easy. And that, and that particularly once I became a Christian, it was going to be, you know, smooth sailing. And, and then when I hit not smooth sailing, I either accused me for failing or accused God for not coming through when there's another player on the scene and I'm still living in a fallen world and I'm in process of being transformed I'm becoming more who I am meant to be and so just to go okay life is hard um I write earlier like it's hard to save money but it's hard to be in debt it's it's hard to um to fight for a marriage it's hard to lose a marriage it's hard to be bound to an addiction it's it's hard to fight for the freedom of it. It's just, you, you get to choose your heart. Yes, I love like, that. I love that phrase, choose your heart. I actually got that from um, a State of Slim book where the, where she writes about that. And it's about, you know, the heart of eating in a healthy way versus the heart of being out of breath when you walk up a set of stairs. Like, right. the, there's a, either way, you're paying a price. But one of those prices is going to lead to life. Exactly. And, yeah. And the ultimate one is when you when you choose Jesus and choose choose his way, his life and to follow him. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah. In the midst of those choices, here here's another one. Um another quote. This is toward the end. I love this one. We have a choice to make. In the midst of overwhelming heartbreak, to hope or to despair, to be hardened by it or softened through it, to seek God in it. Or blame him for it, you know. And I, I think when you were just talking a moment ago, you know, I, I was thinking, yeah, either or. We do this thing, or either. Well, this has happened to me, so it's either this or it's that. Either God cares or He doesn't care. Either I'm a success or I'm a failure, and that's very um, myopic thinking. Right, you know? a lot of in between space, isn't there? 
Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, so, I don't know. Let's, I hate this phrase, and yet I'm saying it. Let's unpack this a little bit. So this choice, you know, to hope or to despair, to be hardened by it or softened, to seek God or blame him. Where did that come from? I don't know if you can even remember what you were thinking when you wrote that, but you that came from somewhere. So I'd love to hear a little more about that. That's come from um, a life and being aware of my own choices and seeing other people's choices. Even we write something similar to that, John and I, about in Captivating, because I, for instance, when things get uh, out of control or I get fearful, um, earlier on, let's this, this say when my children were young and I was fearful of of adventures that they were doing or relationships that they were having, what what I went to was control. My default was to clamp down on them and on their lives. And it never went well. It never went well. Yeah, why There's- is that? <laughs> <laughs> when the invitation was got with God was to trust him, um, and that's not to say that there aren't parameters that we put around. That's there's healthy parameters and boundaries, and that's really good. But the control thing was was off the charts. And then I'd also experienced uh, women who were in pain, chronic pain, and the hardness that came out of them, that they would blame God, they'd blame other people. They were um, in pain, which is a hard, hard place to be. But instead of seeking God in it and allowing it to to soften them, to to be more aware of other people's suffering, or to um, seek God in it in new ways, they they hardened and and became very difficult to be around. The alluring part, the merciful part the, of, a, of a woman to allure others to the heart of God became instead um, a rigidity. And then that bled over into every every area of life, this, this rigidity about how you should live, how things ought to be. And, and that, just, that just gets messy. Oh, gosh, that whole subject. Yes, the, sh- the shoulds, the oughts. The, yeah, that's, yeah, there's one wrong right way to do it and let me tell you what it is <laughs> yes because i know what it is and yeah 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 and then i also know the place of to hope or to despair and then one brings life and one brings death and you know the whole scripture where you shall know them by their fruit. it's the same thing with self-condemnation or conviction from the holy spirit like self-condemnation makes you plummet into the ground and implode and retreat from people whereas conviction of the holy spirit leads you to God and actually a thankfulness. So it's, but I know the hope or despair thing because I've been on the floor in pain and physical pain and in sorrow. And when, when should I go to despair, which means hopelessness? Oh, the life just gets sucked right out. I don't believe God. I don't believe there's a good coming. I don't believe I have anything good to offer. And then like, why get up off the ground? when the invitation is to come to know the God who is the God of all hope and, and he's the God of encouragement who says, take hearts and press into me and come to know me more deeply. So that invitation in the midst brings life, a life that 
that we cherish in the life even that comes through pain that we when we know him more deeply than we could have before so it's a it's a worthy choice to make you keep saying that um this word i, I feel like uh now i'm in the princess bride you keep saying that word um no it's a good word um the word invitation and i love that word because so often as christians we live in obligation, right? Oh, I should do this. I must do that. Oh, I shouldn't do this. So, and it's obligation, obligation, obligation. And then I'm not saying that, hey, as Christians, the, it's not all fun and games. We get it. All right. We, and we're talking about there's hard stuff. And living a life unto the Lord isn't always fun. But when it's through the lens and the interpretation of invitation, it's a whole different mindset. It's a whole different life. Right, it's a whole different version of God. That He's not um, sitting there with His list, disappointed in you. He's not judging your every action and condemning you for what you do. The the price has been paid. We, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. He's not like that. Instead, He is, as it says in Hosea, I, I lead her into the desert that I might allure her to myself. I know. I love that. Imagine that, that he actually wants to allure us. He's not um, dragging yeah. us, kicking and screaming, coercing us and beating no. us. With, no. You know, he yeah. wants us to choose him, to choose him in the face of a broken world, in the face of hard things going on. And it really is a choice. And he isn't one that, uh, you know, sometimes you do want him to just write on the wall like he did the one time or send the lightning bolt. Like, come on. Sometimes. Sometimes we do want him to do that. He rarely, rarely does that. He does speak in our inmost being, but he does draw us by his love, his love to him. And, um, and that is the most winsome and most powerful thing on earth, but it really does come by invitation. To, and so that's where the interpretation really is essential, to ask for his interpretation, his interpretation in our life and on the things we see. Because I, I believe that God is always alluring us deeper into his heart. And then he is scattering love notes that are personal and intimate to us all around us all the time if we would just have the eyes to see it. And then to respond to them with a thank you and a, a shy, oh my goodness, you love me. Um, it's, it really is this, this invitation, this desire of our God to to know him and to pursue him in the midst of whatever we have going on in our lives and then the interpretation that comes from that is life is good mm. life is good because God is good and because he loves me and this is hard perhaps what I'm going through right now but I'm not alone in it and he's not mad at me in it and he's not disappointed with me in it he wants to partner with me in it yeah, yeah, what you said, because invitation, Think when you think about it, you know, who do we get invitations from? We get invitations to parties or come on over for some coffee. You know, invitation evokes a relationship, right? Whereas yeah. an obligation is, it's duty, it's work, it's I'm your employer, I'm your, you know, it's, it's, it's not that same kind of a relationship. Right, you don't get invited to a meeting. But you get invited. Yeah, or you do, but you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, the invitation. It's not like, no, right. thanks, I don't feel yeah. like coming. Yeah. Right, exactly. I'm just, but, yeah. but you do get invited by friends who want to spend time with you. Right. And, and that shift, that, that shift of 
way, even interpreting your life and your personality and the unique way that God has made you as not being a failure or a disappointment, but being the one that Jesus loves, being the one that this this season that we celebrate his invasion into the earth as a babe to rescue us and to win us to himself. Like, come on. That really changes everything. And 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 just like mercy in the face. There's places in my life right now I'm blowing it and I don't want to be and I'm trying and the days where I'm failing. And it would be really easy to go, I'm never gonna get this and Jesus must be so fed up and I've been praying this thing for so long. Is he tired of hearing this? And the answer is no. I mean, sometimes the interpretation is he doesn't come in the way we want him to come because he wants to keep the conversation going. Hmm. So it, it, it really is important, as you said at the beginning, like ask for his interpretation. Ask for his interpretation of his word, the Holy Spirit to open that up to us. His interpretation on our life and on the situations that happen. This happened. Um, this conversation happened. This person is mad at me. This, you know, whatever. Jesus, come. What's your interpretation? Yeah, and we might very well be surprised at the answer if we take time to listen. And I think that's just so key. You had mentioned earlier, you know, keeping your eyes open, um, and that's a good start. And while we're keeping our eyes open, we need to keep our ears open because sometimes there's so much noise we can't filter through. And hear what what God is really saying, as opposed to our own voice or culture or whoever you know, and wherever. Oh God, hearing the hearing the voice of God. Oh, that is so essential. You know, I mean, even when um, people listen to this, like to say, when this is over, I'm going to take five minutes of being still and ask God, "Is there anything that you want to say to me through through these women and this conversation?" You can you know start small, but but take the five minutes. Use the time in the car to turn off your phone and not to get things done, but to, you know, to, to incrementally create spaces for him to come. And he comes and he loves to come and he needs the silence and the stillness and the space so that he can come. Yeah. And this is something I've been learning this. Oh, I've been in this long season, far longer than I ever hoped or dreamed of, of learning to listen to the voice of God. And I'm here to tell you. It's not always fun. It's not always a fun time because I'm I'm pretty much a type B person. I'm a type A wannabe, but I'm a I'm in a type B body. So that's you know, that's the reality of it. But even for someone like me, being still, being quiet, not and even if I'm silent, not having my mind race into, you know, all the all the plates that are spinning in my mind, wow, is that hard. It's such hard work. It is hard. And that, that's why we have to start small. When the simple prayer of Holy Spirit help me. And then when our minds wander to try to lasso them back, just maybe just sitting and saying the name Jesus over for for two minutes. And just it is something that we have to practice and we grow in. And I love you say type B. Me too. I'm so not a type B. Yay. <laughs> I'm not right. a morning yeah. person. There's all kinds of things that I wish that I was, but I'm not. But to yeah. um, you know, like so the spiritual disciplines, this, the practices that can align us to receive more of the grace of God and know him, know him in more intimate ways. We, we actually have a role to play in that. And so to create those spaces is 
Really helpful. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it after we have our conversation. I'm going to set aside five minutes to not run into my next thing. Okay. And, uh, Me too. So Yeah, there we go. Right. Well, Pinky swear on it yes. right now. Pinky is in the air as I speak. There it is. Me too. So the, and it's just so amazing because even in our type B-ness or whatever type you are, that's all part of it too. This is God has wired us the way we are for his purpose. And again, his interpretation is far better than anything we could come up with. Even if it's something that's, that's hard, even if it's a hard lesson, his, his mercy meets us, right? Mercy and truth kiss one another. He even delivers those hard words in a beautiful way that that we couldn't we couldn't concoct on our own. Right. Such a message of hope. I mean the gospel is such a message of hope. I, I really have to remind myself in times where I'm not feeling hope that I have served the God of all hope. And that that's what is true. So to offer that, say you may you may be in a soaring place, I hope you are. A joyful place. Yeah, may it be so. And should you not be, just to say, you're passing through. This is not a sentence over your life. This is not your identity. This is just a season that's an opportunity to get to know God better. But but there's hope. Yes. Yes. And that hope, we get to choose it. Is that even that is not enforced upon us. It is a choice right. we have to make. It's an invitation that we can accept. And I'm just going to read this last little blurb. It's actually the follow-up to the quote I read earlier. Choose life. Choose thankfulness. Choose to obey. Choose the good. Choose joy. Choose Jesus. And that really is what it all comes down to. We have the choice for all of these things. And that's good news. That is good news. And we have a God who lives within us, who is our strength to help us to choose. So that even in that, it's not up to us. We can ask for his grace and his help to do it. And then we can do it. Mm-hmm. All right. So I just have one, one last interviewee kind of question as we wrap up here and and really it's what we've been talking around this whole time but i'm thinking i know there's people that are listening there are you know they're on board they're they're already believers and and they're encouraged by this but i know there's some people that are like oh, i don't know what i think about all this what do you have to say to those people well i would i would say again the word invitation and, and I would invite them personally to take the risk to consider the possibility that Jesus is who he says he is. And he's very clear about who he says he is when he says he's the perfect representation of the Father, that he is the Son of God, that in the past the prophets have spoken to us, we've gotten all kinds of great ideas, but now God has spoken through his Son. And the Son says, I love you. I am for you. I want you to know me and to come to the deeper places of my heart that I could come alongside you and help you and love you and transform your life to what we both want it to be. Yes. Yes and amen. Stacy, I'm I'm just so 
grateful to have had this conversation with you um, because I, I think aside from just your plane being nice, I, I really believe that that there's people that will be encouraged. That, I hope so, Nancy. Yes. So I have been shamelessly promoting your book. Um, I, I just have so thoroughly, to say I've enjoyed it is doesn't quite cover it. It's, it's really, these have been words of life, and I just want to encourage people to, to get a copy of this book, because really, truly, it, it is such an encouragement, and words of life, who couldn't use them? Thank you. Thank you. Defiant joy, especially in this season, where we are, are meant to know a joy, um, and it's all over the place. I've got pillows that say joy on it now and a thing in my bathroom that says joy and and to um to press in to receive that ah that's good so thank you for that thank you for that plug that's my hope is that it brings a lot of goodness to everyone who reads it mm-hmm. yep so we're gonna we're gonna do what we can to help you spread this message and once again, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today and wish you a very joyous Christmas. Thank you. You too, Nancy. Thanks again for having me. So great to talk with you. So yeah, Christmas may be past, but hey, if you're Orthodox, we made it just under the wire for Epiphany. So there's that. Thanks again to Stacy for what I think is a life-changing conversation. And I hope you think so, too. In fact, you may want to go back and listen again. It's that good. And, in fact, you may want to share this podcast with, I don't know, maybe a few dozen or so friends who could use some encouragement and words of life to start their new year off right. Oh, and get the book, Defiant Joy. I'm telling you. You can find it on Amazon or go to her website, ransomedheart.com. And remember, she's got a husband, too, who I hear has written a few books of his own. Just saying. And you can look me up on isleofmisfits.com. That's I-S-L-E of misfits.com, where we own our awkward, love our fellow misfits, and look for beauty and truth everywhere. One more thing. Don't forget, five minutes of quiet and listening, if you so Accept the challenge in three, two, one.